Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsports. We are your daily dose of quickie and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always on Tuesday, Mr. Matthew Rooney. He's here to talk all things with us, some college football. We'll talk some hockey and whatnot, but how's it going, bud? What kind of hat do you have on there? Uh, it's a master's hat. It is. You have so many master's hats. Look at you. You know, I, I went um, I went a couple of years ago. Uh, my, my girlfriend's sister was there last year and got me this hat. So I have uh, been fortunate enough to not only go myself and get get a whole bunch of gear, but then had some gear brought back for me. So, yeah, I, I got a lot of master's gear, but I love wearing it. I wear it all. I wear it all regularly. But it's my favorite stuff. I love it. Well, maybe I'll try to find a way to buy a master's hat with my Taysom Hill money from last night. I didn't really watch any of that football game. So what happened? The score looked like it was pretty close. Yeah, you know, it was so boring for a very long time until Mark Ingram stepped out of bounds very randomly. Uh, I would have given the first down pretty much iced in the game with like six or whatever minutes it was left. Said it was third and one. Bucks make the stop. They get the ball back, and Tom Brady goes down and scores on two consecutive drives. It was a terrible, boring game for, I don't know, 54 of the 60 minutes. But the last six minutes were very interesting. They were fun to watch. And Tom Brady's still doing his best to absolutely drag that Bucks team as far as he possibly can. I'm not sure how far he's going to be able to drag them as a 45-year-old man without much help or support or a very good coach behind him. But uh, last night, he absolutely dragged them to a win, and it was a lot of fun to watch. It was very vintage Brady comeback. I'm looking at the little win probability thing on ESPN, and not like this is you know the final word, but they had them as high as a 97, almost 98 percent. Oh yeah, they were. The I game. mean, they were dead. Not only were they down 16 to three, but like the offense was just. I mean, clearly at three points with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the offense was just absolutely abysmal until it wasn't. Until until it just wasn't abysmal anymore. Um, and then even on the, the the last drive going into tie. Brady makes a great throw. That I, uh, I think it was K. Dot, and I don't remember who it was. Yep. But then there was a holding call that brought it back, um, and it's like, oh well, that's where the drive ends. And then it didn't. A couple plays later, they're they're walking in the end zone as time almost expires. So it was a fun game. It was a fun ending to watch. It was not a fun game to watch, but the ending of the game was fun to watch. It sounds like your classic Tom Brady game, but he's only good in the pros. He never did anything in college. Let's talk about college. We've got the playoff. It's set. We've got, what is it, Georgia-Ohio State, and what's the other game? Georgia-Ohio State, TCU-Michigan. I was secretly hoping, not even secretly hoping, outwardly hoping that we would get a rematch of Ohio State-Michigan in the semifinal. I thought that would have been... Is that against the rules? No, it's not at all against the rules. Um, They just, the the committee said that they believe TCU didn't deserve to drop a spot losing in their conference championship game when Ohio State wasn't in it. Um, I would argue that you're kind of... I don't want to say punishing Georgia, but I think Georgia gets a little bit of a raw deal having to go up against a, a more talented Ohio State team than a TCU. Uh, than TCU. Um, early look at some of these odds. I really I don't have a, a big feel on the lines yet. Obviously, Ohio State's going to be without Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's confirmed. They have been without him most of the year, but um, there was some hope that he might be back for a playoff run. Looks like he's not going to be. And that first game, I think I don't know what the line is off the top of my head because I haven't checked. I'm not sure if it's out. I'm leaning towards a TCU first half play and probably a Michigan then minus the seven and a half. Michigan has had very slow first halves. Um, they've done it a ton this year that you saw against Purdue. They're uh, winning for just 14, 13 and a half. Had a slow first half even against Ohio State before they blew them out. 
uh, didn't really play. They, they, there's been many instances this year where they've just kind of, I don't want to say sleepwalk through the first half, but almost like a feeling out process. The second half, they explode. So I, I think I would lean towards taking TCU in the points in the first half and then Michigan laying the seven and a half in the game. And yeah, first oh, half, man. it looks like it's TCU plus four and a half. Yeah, Maybe I would take the TCU plus. I would take the TCU plus four and a half in the first half and then probably the Michigan minus seven and a half. I, I think that's good. I was going to say, how about TCU to win the first half, Michigan to win the game, plus 550? Ooh, I kind of like that. I do like that. I think I would sprinkle on that one as well. You, you know how to get me with these these high plus money odds that seem logical. You know how to how to woo me, and I think that's one that would probably do it as well. And, and the, the second game is so weird because, like, we've been saying this with Ohio State all year. Like, it feels like they're a sleeping giant with all the talent they have. And the explosiveness they have, if they get healthy, if they get Travion Henderson back, and they're obviously not getting Smith and Jigba, but they still have Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best receiver in, in uh, college football. Like, all that firepower is there. They just have yet to really unleash it in a spot that really matters this year. And it's almost like, can they, 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 they've been going through the motions for the most part all year, and you thought that switch would flip with Michigan. It didn't, and now you're kind of wondering, can it? And Georgia is by Georgia is the best team in college football. They show that against LSU. They've showed that all year. They were a little bit bored at times this year, but you've seen in big moments like the opener against Oregon, the SEC championship game, the game against Tennessee, like when they have to get up for a big game, they're just better than everybody else. And they've done that. But like Ohio state is the hypothetical. If they can reach their potential, like they're a tough matchup for Georgia because Georgia might not be able to score with them. That's just going to be a really fascinating game. I lean towards Georgia in the points, but like I think that might be a stay away for me and maybe live bet. That makes perfect sense to me. But who's going to win? Give me a champion. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia. I just I think they're the best. I, I think it'll probably end up being Georgia and Michigan a rematch of last year's playoff. And I everybody keeps I've heard people say like, well, we saw what happens with that last year. That's not the case. Michigan's a better football team than they were last year. Georgia's. Georgia's not – I don't want to say Georgia's the worst football team they were last year. They are a worse football team they were last year because last year's Georgia team was, like, all-time good. Uh, they are not as good as they were last year, but they're still really darn good. And I think when they – every big spot that they've had to get up for this year, they've done it and done it with an exclamation point. They've done it with emphasis. So I, I think they're the best team in college football. Um, I don't know if I'd be laying eight, eight and a half uh, with them against Michigan, but I would. I have them and uh, them beating Michigan in a college football national championship game. I love TCU. Uh, the story they've had this year, it's been fun. And would it be it'd be cool to see Max Duggan do everything he possibly can until he runs out of gas and try and pull off an upset there? I just think Michigan's going to end up being too much for him. Anybody but Michigan. I would even rather. I, I agree. Anybody I agree but with Michigan, that. for the love I of agree God, with that. anybody but Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and his stupid khaki pants or whichever Harbaugh it is. I'm sick of him. You think Jim Harbaugh is going to – I know he's, he's kind of shot down the rumors, but the Sunday again, the Schefter – or not every, pretty much every NFL insider but Michigan man Schefter was saying how uh, NFL teams are starting to do their homework on Jim Harbaugh again. That's It's going to be an interesting storyline for me to watch. And I hope you noticed the eye roll there. Like, I assume that's just the easiest piece to write. Of course, teams want to hire him. He's actually coached in the pros before, but like, he's so happy there. They pay him a ton he of had, money. He's king of the world. He like, took a pay cut a couple years ago, and he had the itch last year. Like, he wanted that Viking. Don't don't let what he says fool you. He everybody kind of it was the worst kept secret. He wanted that Vikings job very badly, and they went with Kevin O'Connell. 
Like I, I, I still, I, it might not be this year, but I think that itch for him to go back to the pros is still there and it'll happen at some point in the next, you know, three, four years. Everybody should learn from Nick Saban. Stay in college. Harbaugh's already been to a Super Bowl, though. Right, exactly. Just stay. You're good. You're king of Michigan. You can recruit everybody you want forever. But I digress. That's enough of these semi-professional athletes. I'm calling them semi-professional now, now that all this money's above the table. What the heck? Let's get into the pros. Good night in the NBA last night. 3-0, our first 3-0 sweep of the year. Ah, that is my dog barking naturally. It seems like uh, someone is here to get the gas. So, of course, it's time for me to talk about NBA. Um and, uh, let's jump in real quick again. Just three games here tonight. Um, Going to be taking the under here in this Lakers Cavaliers game. Again, 225 and a half. Have this thing closer to 223, um, 222 almost. You know, this Lakers games have been fairly high scoring here the last you know couple weeks. But um, if you start to look back, this is the first game of a back to back for them. They generally slow the pace way down in those first games. And unders have been really good. So going to go ahead here and take an under 225 and a half in that game. Again, we'll play this as low as maybe 224, 224 and a half, probably draw the line somewhere around there. But that's all I've got for right now. Um, Matt, why don't you hop in and talk some hockey while I deal with this animal? I will happily do that. We got a, a couple games in the NHL tonight. Not the uh, not the biggest slate of games, but I do have a pair of picks. Uh, starting with the New York Islanders, who have been a uh, I don't want to call them a surprise team so far this year because people did expect them to bounce back from last year, but it's the way they're doing it. Uh, they're scoring a lot more goals than they have uh, the last couple of years. They're averaging over uh, like three. Uh, they're averaging three point one five goals per game. They've been a team that's kind of averaged around two seven two six the last few years. So they're playing really good defense like they always have. They're bit, they've been good in net, but now they're starting to score, which makes them a very dangerous team. They're hosting the St. Louis Blues, who um, I would say they have been one of the more disappointing, if not the most disappointing team in the NHL so far this year at 11-14. Uh, St. Louis has lost four consecutive games. They've allowed six-plus goals in three of those four, and the other one they lost 4-1. Uh, to one. So they, they have not been playing very well. They haven't covered the plus one-and-a-half throughout this four-game losing streak. Islanders have won three of their last five. Uh, and again, they're scoring. They shut out the Blackhawks three to one. They beat the Flyers five to two, beat Columbus three to two. So they're scoring the puck a little bit more. They've been a really good team at home with a nine, four and zero record on home ice. So we're going to take the Islanders uh, tonight, laying the one and a half against the Blues team. That's just been really struggling as of late. And the Winnipeg Jets and the Florida Panthers, we're going to take their over, what is it there? Six and a half at minus 110. You got two teams that are scoring the puck quite a bit this year. Uh, Florida at 3.48 goals a game. Uh, Winnipeg just over 3.2. Florida's also allowing a lot of goals. They're allowing just under 3-3. Three, three. Um, in the last five Panthers games, some one of the two teams has scored four-plus goals, and uh, we, we've seen the total hit six-plus in each of those games. Um, so I really like the over here also because I uh, mentioned Winnipeg. They've been scoring a lot too. They beat Anaheim five to two, Colorado five nothing, Chicago seven to two, Dallas five to four. There was a four to one loss in Columbus in there, but in four of their last five games, they've scored five plus. Uh, Florida scored five in the each uh, in their last two. So two teams that can score the puck haven't been the best defensively this year, especially in the case of Florida. So let's take the over six and a half in that one. And then, like I said, the Islanders, a uh, nice nice little plus one forty six number at the minus one and a half at home against the the reeling Blues. Yeah, I love the puck lines. I'm a big fan of that. Who, who would ever bet a money line? It's so puck lines, puck lines, and run lines. They're they're the way to go. I could dig it. I like all of that. I love the over. Now, 
trying to think. What was the team last year that we have we got back into the second period overs yet for whatever? Team that, that that was Maple Leaf second leave over mm. second period overs. I want to say second, second period leave overs. Second period overs. Uh, we have not quite gotten into that yet, but that's something uh, in the next couple of weeks here, especially now that college football is over, and I can kind of get more into NHL betting. That's something we're going to start exploring because that was, yeah, we. I think every day on the show I was on at the end of the year, I was giving out that bet. And it was, just, it was similar to my Maxion system. That Free was money. system. You take leave sec- second period overs and it paid out a plus money, like 15 out of 17 times or whatever the hell it was down the stretch. It just paid out like gangbusters. I like it. I can dig it. All sounds very good to me. And speaking of things I love quite a bit, tennis persists, tennis. Matthew. I know Where is Angers? a little nervous. Where is Angers? 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 France. Indeed it is. If we're not pronouncing consonants, we're talking in French. So yeah, we're in Angers. Two looks. Uh, did talk about both of these yesterday. Thought they were going to be today, but hey, it's tennis. No one ever really knows when anything's going to be. Apparently they're tomorrow now. Um, we know there's no rain because they were indoors. So just kind of some sort of scheduling snafu here again. But uh, go back here and talk a little bit about Jacqueline Adina Christian. Goes up against Rebecca Peterson. Was able to get plus 300 yesterday. Seeing about plus 270 or so floating around. I would play anything plus 270 or higher. The plus five games is still sitting around. Go ahead and scoop that up as well. Again, Rebecca Peterson, as I said yesterday, just getting a little too much credit for a good week of tennis last week and some positivity in her game the last month or so. But just overall, seeing her beat up on lesser talented players has struggled against better players. And Christian has been working her way back from injury, but I think she is a a better player, and especially indoors here on this surface. Now, obviously, Peterson, I would still have favor, given recent form and given the fact that, again, Christian's a little injured here. But plus 300 in a match that I have closer to plus 200, plus 5 in a match where I have it closer to plus 3.5, plus 4, just too big of an edge for me to pass up here. So we'll take the big dog tomorrow morning in France. And then also a first set over 9.5 games. have had some success with this bet all year. Again, a lot of these WTA matches have a flow and a pattern where we see a really long first set, a really short second set. Basically the opposite of what we see in these World Cup games with no goals and then tons of goals. So as you start to look at that, you know, the line here, as I mentioned yesterday, the total was just at 21, has ticked up to 21 and a half where it should be, but the nine and a half game still sits there at minus 105. It just boggles the mind, um, but they refuse to adjust that first set, but good news for us. So go ahead and play that as well. If you've got an over 10 and a half and an over 12 and a half, go ahead and sprinkle both of those. Um, didn't put it here on the sheet because it was just a little bit tough to find again. Um off-season tennis, if you will. Um, it's not something the books are really looking in with all this other stuff going on. So big underdog. Again, got that yesterday. So if you don't have any of it, go ahead and scoop up some now. And then the first sit over nine and a half, again, from yesterday. But if you missed out, still have it up at a very good number. I love anything that you think the books aren't quite paying as close attention to. I'm, I'm all in on that. It's like the second period overs thing. If you can find if you can find a market where maybe books aren't keeping the closest eye on, and then you find yourself a little bit of advantage, you got to grab it. Derivatives are great. Again, smaller limits, and you're always going to make more because you can bet more on some of those major markets. But again, at the same point, that's where books are focusing. So try to look a little further down the menu sometimes um, for some of those derivatives. Those are always good. Um, Anything else we have to cover? I mean, the World Cup soccer match. Man, the books really must have known something here, and I hate saying that, but Spain was a very short favorite here against a Morocco team that's not terribly good. I mean, they're pretty solid, but... 
Spain's one of the best soccer teams in the world. I think they were closed only minus 160 to win this match. And I'm looking at 0-0 right now. This is stunning. Oh, 0-0 in the 88th minute. We might need to hop off so we could, you know, pop that one on. Um, Penalty. I, I just on, honestly, when, when it comes to betting the World Cup, especially now that the U.S. is out, I've just kind of been trying to follow Andy and Dan. Like I'm just or not necessarily just those two, but going on Twitter, finding my bets because. I don't know nearly enough about these teams, so I've been rooting for or betting on either, you know, fun stuff or trying to tail some people on Twitter that seem like they've been having some success. So actually I'm tailing people on Twitter that seem like they're having some success. I probably wouldn't want to tail Andy. It doesn't seem like it's going too well for him. Uh, it's tough. You know, when you're sick, you can't really handicap these matches. Yeah. I don't know if he's it's got tough. anything for Portugal, Switzerland, but I'm going to go ahead and make my customary second half, highest scoring half bet. Give me the second half of the Portugal, Switzerland match. I'll ride on that one with you. Why not? Yeah. I guess you got to play Ronaldo to score a goal. There's been so many penalties. He's probably going to get one. But yeah, give me yeah, second. Yeah, he always has penalties and happens. He's always in front. He's the guy cleaning up the mess. Yeah. So Wish we had but, action on tonight. I know. I, I miss action already. already. Yeah. Again, hopefully some other college football conference figures this out. But I think that's all we've got today, Matthew. A quick show for us. Covered a lot. Hope you really enjoyed it. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. And we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe Andy will be here. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Who knows?